This is Mariel Buckley, and you're listening to the Arch City Music Podcast live from the barn. Welcome to the Arch City Music Podcast, live in the barn studio. I got my buddy Ben Leffridge here. How's it going, Ben? Going good, Chad. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here with Mariel, too. This is going to be fun. Yeah, we have Mariel Buckley on online with us right now. Mariel, you got a show tonight? I hear you're playing a festival, maybe? Yeah, we just played in Winnipeg last night, and we're on our way to Saskatchewan for a little festival tonight. So just a few kind of one-offs just to the summer, but uh, thanks for having me on, you guys. Yeah, we're excited to have you. I told you off air that I your album's not out yet, but Josh Zanger from All Eyes Media, uh, which we have a good relationship with, so shout out to Josh. He sent us an advanced copy of the album, and I've been listening to it. We've been listening to it nonstop, and I am absolutely loving it. Oh, thanks, man. I'm glad you guys did it. Yeah, and it's everywhere I used to be. It's out August 12th on Birthday Cake Records. What's this time like for you, like, where the album's done and it's turned in and, you know, you're just kind of waiting for everybody else to be able to hear it. What's that, what's that feeling like for you? Oh man. Well, normally, you know, it's a, uh, it's a pretty sort of intense anxiety sort of spell for me. But uh, the nice thing is that because we're doing this one in the summer, I'm, uh, I'm pretty busy, which is not normally when, when, you know, we've dropped records before. So, it's nice to feel a little bit distracted from it, honestly, because uh, you can spend a lot of time worrying what people will think if you're at home. <laughs> this album, you know, I've read a little bit and obviously listened and listened to the lyric. You know, it sounds very personal to you. Would that be an accurate statement? Absolutely, yeah. Definitely lots of, uh, lots of personal experience in there, for sure. Is it a conceptual? Is it autobiographical? I know you are a storyteller as well, so is it a little mix of everything in between? This one kind of leads pretty hard into autobiographical. Um, there is lots of storytelling on there still, but uh, certainly most of it is, is threaded through stuff that kind of happened in the last three to five years of my life here. I'm going to quote you here real quick. When I wrote this yeah. record, I felt myself becoming clearer in the process. I became softer in my personal life and sharper in my songs. I love that. It was a cool process to feel that sort of happening, I think because a lot of my songwriting up till now has been pretty like pretty vague, certainly alluding to lots, but uh it's just the first time that I was I was able to sort of be as honest as I wanted to be and, and something cool that happened when I did that is just that just like I said, I you know, I felt kinda less uh less pent up in my home life. I just like I think once I got a few of those things off my chest, I wasn't carrying so much around. So I just I saw myself being a little bit softer and kinder in, in moments when I hadn't been before, and that, that was really uh, 
really affirming to feel that. Okay, I've got something uh, for you, Marilyn. I read this. Someone described you as a new Loretta Lynn speaking her mind. Mm. Throw in a little Towns Van Zant mixed with Joan Jett. Would you describe yourself like that? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's always funny when people want to throw names attached to stuff because it's like those people are also accomplished. But, yeah, I mean, totally. I think there's there's a huge element of traditional songwriting in my music that's pretty obvious. Like, I love traditional country music, so that uh, informs a lot of the way that I write. And then, you know, the sort of everybody's been a guy, what's the point? And I live in those towns, and uh, some of the intimate songwriters vibes and then uh you know getting compared to John Jett is awesome because I like to think I don't have any F to give but uh you know do you have you know sort of a punk attitude or a rebellious spirit inside of you do you think that comes out in your music some I think so yeah and I think it's important to me that that sort of is part of my whole artistic thing it's not necessarily being rebellious for the sake of rebellious as much as just like you know, I'm not interested in, in trying to appeal to people that uh, they're not making space for, and you know, for everybody. I'm not really interested in appealing to mainstream, if that makes sense. You know, part of that, that you know, mindset, I guess, is is getting out there and grinding it, right? And, and it seems like you're that way. It seems you've been on tour and are going to tour some more in Canada, and then you're actually heading over to the UK with the brothers uh, Landreth. Have you toured over there yet? No, I've never been over here. I'm very excited about that. But we did some stateside stuff, and that was super fun as well. So, yeah, I love being on the road. And as of right now, there's no America dates on your tour. Are we going to be able to see you sometime stateside? Certainly. Yeah, I would say that uh, next spring and summer, we're getting kind of cracked off with some U.S. dates. We're just kind of burning everything up throughout the fall now. So, um, yeah, definitely we'll be down there. That's where I want to spend most of my time if I can couple artists that you mentioned that I've seen you mention in some interviews that were uh, pretty influential or are your fans of is John Moreland and that's one of my favorite artists as well oh my god he's incredible I've been such a fan of his for so long just like the craziest raw songwriting and such a voice such a deep yeah so much character and yeah I, I mean I just it's hard for me to not love that brand of songwriting and um yeah, pretty, he's a very special songwriter, I think, with, uh, with a lot to say. And, and also a guy who's, like, not pinned down by genre. Like, I think he's, a, you know, he's done a lot of cool, like, synthy stuff. His yeah. newer record is just totally cool. And I hear that on your new record. I hear there's a little bit more experimentation than maybe some of the stuff of your past, where it's not, you know, the traditional Americana sound, where there are some... It sounds like electronic drums or some synths on top of it. Do you feel like you kind of experimented with some instrumentation on this one? We totally did. Yeah, that was the, the most fun part is that I kind of said to the guy that I produced that produced it, I said, I want to make a record like a country record, but I want the band to be totally live. But I want I want it to sound like a pop record. Like I want it to be that, you know, I want us to be that tight as a band. And I also, yeah, I was really into having some synths and uh, some alternate instrumentation, just because I think stuff like that is, is cool. It's, it's neat to be subversive, um, but also still traditional. So we, we kept the pedal feel really up front. But then there's just tons of synths and like, yeah, there's a drum machine on that one track too. So we have lots of fun with it for sure. Hey, I've got uh, I've got one thing. I got to get this out of the way before we go any further. Um, yeah, of course. I kind of promised my, my stepson. I took him to a, I was talking to chat about this earlier. 
my wife and I took him to a Coulter Wall concert about oh, awesome. it was about four I don't know three or four years ago he was in a played in St. Louis and it was a I don't it's a, it's a small venue you know we're talking three four hundred people tops and it was packed I mean shoulder to shoulder and I wasn't too familiar with Coulter Wall but I know he's from Canada and so this morning I I was telling him I was coming here to talk to you and how you were from Canada and he goes well Coulter Wall's from Canada you think, do, you, do, you, do, you th- do you think they know each other? And I said, well, I don't know, buddy. Canada's a pretty, pretty big place. It's a pretty big country. I don't know if they ran into each other at, at the store or not. So I have to ask. You know what? I'm actually, I'm delighted to say that we do know each other. Oh, oh wonderful. Yes. yes. We're, like, we're like not even a province apart. And I, <laughs> I met Coulter kind of like 2015. So it was years ago. And oh, wow. he was on tour through Calgary and he stayed with me and my partner at the time. We ended up like having some whiskey and trading songs and I remember being like, why is this young man sound like an, like an old friggin' <laughs> songwriter? From, like he was, he blew me away, obviously. You know, right. Like he has so many other people. But uh, no, I've known Colter for a few years. He's one of the nicest people. Uh, I often get to see him now just like in the prairies if I do little shows down there because he's home ranching right now. Oh, well. So, yeah, he's, I wouldn't consider him a good friend, but he's a buddy. He's a wonderful dude, and uh, you can tell he's just like you do this. Awesome. I will. I will. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. That's really funny. This is the Arch City Music Podcast. We are joined here with Mario Buckley. We have a new album coming out, Everywhere I Used to Be. August 12th on Birthday Cake Records. If you're listening to this, you're going to go out and get it. It's going to be available where all music is, right? You betcha. First single, Shooting at the Moon. Do you care if we play a little bit and then we'll chat a little bit about Shooting at the Moon? Not at all. Go now. Shooting at the Moon, your first single off Everywhere I Used to Be. You know, the song and the video and the lyrics, it, it definitely the video, it gives sort of gives a glimpse into the life on the road of, you know, maybe an up-and-coming artist or some of the live shows that you've done. Uh, was that sort of the intent with, uh, with the video and the song? Yeah, totally. It's definitely, you know, mostly about being on the road and what that looks like. But it's, it's also a lot about kind of, you know, as, as artists and people that do the stage thing, there's this like weird kind of mirror effect that happens where when you're on stage is when you start to feel really normal. And then when you're off stage, you start to feel like you don't really know what you're doing huh. with yourself or your life because it's just, that's all you really 
kind of care to do and know to do. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's sort of a, a tune where I'm talking to myself about, about, uh, about how I perceive myself and, you know, what the road is doing to me a little bit. And yeah, it's a fun one for sure. We talked to a lot of different artists and this is, seems to be a running theme of like, you know, the audience and the fans, they get to see that 30 minutes or that hour that you're on stage where it seems really glamorized. But and I'm not a musician, I would imagine there's some some negative things that kind of come with touring, being away from home and maybe missing people or, you know, feeling lonely or boredom a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I never want to harp on that stuff too much because I do love I love being on the road so much. But uh, but certainly, yeah, there's and there's also, you know, I, I think at any level, um, especially when you're kind of clawing around the middle, like I am, it's, it's like there are still lots of shows that that aren't everything you hope it will be which is a, which is for me a great reminder to be very thankful for the shows that are that are awesome and that people are really pumped about it also teaches you to like really look for those you know even if there's only a few people really look for the ones that are that are into it so it's uh yeah there there's certainly stuff that makes it tough but but uh, just try to keep positive as much as i can is that sort of an artist tactic where you know if you're playing a room that it's not as responsive as you had hoped to be. You find that one person or that few people that are, and you're sort of playing to them. Totally. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm usually just looking for someone that looks like they feel, they feel connected to the tune. And, uh, yeah. And then at that point, it's just, it's for them. And if that, that's the only person who, you know, follows me or listens to the record, that's great. That's still one more person than before. I do have to ask you about this though. Like the order of shooting at the moon on your record and I want to make sure that I got the, the order right, but is it like, it's like song eight or something. I would say that's kind of unconventional in a way. A lot of times the single would be up near the top, you know, to try to catch a attention or something. Was yeah. that intentional? Was song choice order? Was that something that you were a part of? Yeah. I'm like a bit neurotic about stuff like that. I just kind of probably tried every order in the book. And mostly the reason that it ended up where it is, is just the flow of the record. I don't want too many, you know, too many slow, too many quick in a row and stuff like that. Stuff that's in the same key. I try and split up a little bit. Um, and I'm not really sure why it ended up as far down, except that uh, I knew that, like, you know, the first track, Neon Blue, had to be the first track. And then at the end of it, that's just kind of where it sat. But, yeah, I, I, I more want the track order to, like, tell the right story. I don't I, – I'm not as concerned about, like, you know, where it is in terms of, like, who's going to notice it and whatever collective piece of the work the album yeah and i think like you know i, I mean that's obviously a bit like <laughs> presumptuous that someone will have the patience and time to listen to the whole record but you know i think that like looking at records as a collective is something that you know isn't super common anymore but for me that's like how i like to make a project like i want it to be a, a piece of work that people can get to know and sit with for a bit so tell us about the writing of this record. Has, has this been a process that's been in the works? I mean, you know, obviously we came out of the pandemic and went through the pandemic. So how long has this album, the writing process, how long has it been? Well, so Neon Blue is the oldest tune that I've had in the pocket for like uh, three or four years that I just couldn't really ever find a spot for. And then the rest of them, I wrote about 30 songs for the record. Uh and I wrote them all throughout the pandemic because I had I had a vocal cord surgery and I had to take some time off anyway. And then uh, then I just had, you know, like we all did, I just had months at home. And uh, one of the things I decided to do to keep from going totally nuts was just like have a bit of a routine. So I was kind of writing for like three months every day from 7 to 11 a.m. 
so a lot of the songs were kind of written in the early, or I guess maybe the late stages of 2020. So they're a couple years old now. And people are finally getting ready to hear them August 12th when the album comes out, Everywhere I Used to Be. Has the next single been chosen already, or is there a video in the works? What can we expect going forward? So there is there is one more single. You know, oh, my God, when did it come out? Sometime earlier this month, but it was a soft single, so we didn't push it super hard. Okay. Um, and that one's called, that one's Driving Around, so I think that's track four or five. So definitely a different flavor from uh, shooting at the moon a little more tender. But that was also one of the earliest songs I wrote to the record at the very early stages of the pandemic. So um, there's no video for that guy. But, uh, and then we decided just because the way things are right now, I feel like people's patience is limited. So we're just doing two singles and then the record drops, which is great. You know, I couldn't imagine being an artist and trying to find that fine line of, of catching people's attentions with our attention spans being so little, but then also be an artist, right? Where we, where we do these big collective pieces of work where you want everybody to hear and see the full picture. So I bet that's a tough uh, line to walk. It can be for sure. I think that, uh, you know, I think the most important thing is just trying to, trying to stay focused on the thing that, that brings you, you know, joy and makes you feel like a human being, which is just like getting the work done and, and trying to show it to people as best you can. It's, it's important for me anyway, just to like, keep my eyes on what's directly in front of me. I, otherwise, it's just so easy to get discouraged or confused. This is the Arch City Music Podcast. We are live with Mariel Buckley. You can find all of her information on MarielBuckley.com. We have the new album coming out everywhere I used to be, August 12th on Birthday Cake Records. Again, want to send a shout-out to Josh Zanger, All Eyes Media, for setting up this interview we are fans of the record. I can't wait for everybody to, to be able to take this in uh, everywhere. I used to be on August 12th on Birthday Cake Records. Mario, we appreciate your time and joining us today. Oh, man, thank you guys so much for listening to it and having such thoughtful questions and, and making time for me. I really appreciate it, both from you and you, Chad, and you, Ben. Appreciate it so much. Well, thank you, Mario, and uh, we sure appreciate it. Oh, yeah, of course. Anytime. Anytime.